0: In 2008, Lil Wayne was the best rapper alive. Coming off an incredible mixtape run, Wayne released the studio album The Carter III in the summer of 08, selling over a million copies in its first week. Its lead single, Lollipop, was a crossover hit that reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100. At the same time, the song, Amelie, was a raw, bar heavy street favor that reached number six, proving that Wayne's elite lyricism alone could carry a song into the mainstream. Amilly. The Carter 3 would go on to become the top-selling album of any genre in 2008, earning him eight Grammy nominations. By 09, Wayne had achieved the rare trifecta of being critically acclaimed, commercially successful, and respected by the streets. The hot boy was hotter than hot. He was scorching. And then...
1: Lil Wayne pleads guilty to
2: attempted weapon possession and is expected to receive a one-year jail sentence. Police said a gun was found on his tour bus in Manhattan in 2007. Prosecutors said small amounts of DNA found on the loaded weapon connected it to the platinum-selling artist.
0: On March 9, 2010, Lil Wayne entered a jail cell in New York City's Rikers Island, beginning a one-year sentence for this 2007 weapons charge. And just like that, the hottest rapper alive had been put on ice. Before going to Rikers, however, Wayne made it clear he had every intention of keeping his skills sharp, telling Rolling Stone, quote, I'll still be rapping in there. I'll have a gang of raps ready when I come back home, unquote. And according to Hot 97's 7s Sounds, Wayne stayed true to his word.
1: As a couple of people who are hired. They sit in a studio 24 hours a day and wait for Wayne to call. When Wayne calls, they just record. And everything he's been writing, he records it so he could hear how he had it in his mind.
0: Wayne was released from Rikers on November 4, 2010, after serving nine months of his one-year sentence. Less than five days later, a picture surfaced online showing Wayne inside a vocal booth in Miami, where he'd reportedly spent 15 hours straight recording. Three days after that, Wayne's manager told Rolling Stone that his comeback single was done and could drop as soon as the next day. The song didn't actually come out the next day, but the seed had been planted, beginning what would become a month-long wait for Wayne's first new track since being released from prison. During that time, as anticipation grew, the song took on an almost mythical-like reputation. Rumor had it the track was quote, Amelie on Steroids," a pretty bold claim given that Amelie was considered one of the best rap songs of the past decade. On December 14th, Wayne called into Hot 97 and spoke to DJ Drama, who asked him directly what to expect from this rumored new song.
2: It's a monster, actually. It's it's a it's a beast, but um, I, I hope hopefully, hopefully it shows people where I'm at. Lyrically. Uh, so let me start right there. Where, where, do you, like, where would you say you're at lyrically right now? Better than everybody. Mac Main talked to MTV and he said this was like a milli on steroids. Can you confirm that? Nah, not steroids. Human growth hormone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very tall song, brother.
0: Just hours after this interview, Wayne's new song leaked on the internet before being officially released on December 16th, 2010. True to Wayne's word, it was a very tall song. Six foot seven, to be exact. The best rapper alive was finally back, but was he still the best rapper alive? And after nearly a year behind bars, what did he have to say? From Spotify, this is Dissect, long form musical analysis broken into short digestible episodes. For the third song in our Lyrical Masters mixtape, We're dissecting Lil Wayne's 2010 track Six Foot Seven Foot. I'm your host, Cole Kushner.
1: Restrictions all play. See website for details.
0: Six foot seven foot was produced by Bangladesh, who also produced Wayne's Amelie. The song centers around looping samples from Jamaican American singer Harry Belafonte's banana boat song of
2: 1956.
0: While today many people may recognize this song from the classic film Beetlejuice. Belafonte's Banana Boat actually has a rich history. The song is a Calypso rendition of a traditional Jamaican work song from the early 20th century, which Belafonte wanted to use as a way of introducing America to the rich culture of the Caribbean, hoping to dispel the stereotypes that the people there were quote, "...rum-drinking, sex-crazed, and lazy." Displaying the Caribbean people's work ethic, Banana Boat is sung from the perspective of dock workers loading bananas onto ships all night to avoid the heat during the day. At daylight, they look forward to the tallyman arriving, who will take inventory so they can go home. While it doesn't appear in Wayne's Six Foot Seven Foot, the well-known refrain, It's daylight and we wanna go home, makes for a perfect thematic backdrop for his first song after his stint in jail, where he was also waiting to go home. There's also an interesting musical lineage to observe here when we consider that Wayne was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana, It's here that Afro-Caribbean music found a home in America, and eventually influenced the emergence of jazz and other genres born in New Orleans. Meanwhile, the creation of hip-hop owes a lot to Caribbean influences, which was most notably embodied by early hip-hop pioneers DJ Kool Herc and African Bambada, who proudly repped their Jamaican heritage. In this way, Six Foot Seven Foot inherently represents a rich musical history and centuries-long lineage of black music as we have a traditional Jamaican work song from the early 20th century, repurposed in a Calypso hit single by a Jamaican-American singer in the mid-20th century, which is itself repurposed in a hip-hop hit single by a New Orleans rapper in the early 21st century. Now there are two specific passages from Belafonte's Banana Boat song sampled in 6'7. The first is from a description of tall stacks of bananas.
2: Live six foot, seven foot, foot Bunch!
0: This sample is sped up and filtered to create this 4-bar loop. The second sample of Banana Boat comes from this portion of the song.
1: Till the come.
0: A small excerpt of this clip undergoes the same process as the first to create this loop. The two sample loops alternate throughout the track, set against classic low-end 808s and percussive haze performed by producer Bangladesh himself. Before we hear this beat kick in, 6'7' begins with a building snare drum fill where we hear Wayne's iconic lighter flick tag. We have to imagine the pavlonian sensation this sound inspired in Wayne fans at the time. Fans who'd been salivating for new Wayne music in anticipation of what he'd have to say after being released from jail. Wayne doesn't make them wait any longer than necessary as no more than 5 seconds into the track does he launch into an onslaught of entendres.
2: Excuse my charisma, soccer with a spritzer, swagger down pets, call my shit Patricia, young money, militia, and I am the commissioner. You don't start easy, cause the F is my finisher. So misunderstood, but what's the world without enigma? Two bitches at the same time, synchronized swimmers. Got the girl twisted cause she open when you twist her. Never met the bitch, but I fuck her like I missed her.
0: After clearing his throat, Wayne begins the verse. Excuse my charisma. Given the context of this song's release, we might wonder if clearing his throat was a tongue-in-cheek gesture to acknowledge his absence, as you usually have to clear your throat when you haven't spoken in some time. Also, it's common for people to say, excuse me, after clearing their throat, so it feels like the opening line, excuse my charisma, is a play to that end. At the same time, excuse my absence is a common saying, which would have been a fitting way to start the song given the circumstances, but in true Wayne form, he twists the phrase we expect to surprise us. In this case, he boasts about his charisma, his special magnetic charm and presence. He continues referencing a vodka spritzer, perhaps a celebratory drink or toast to his release and return to music. He then boasts, swagger down Pat, call my shit Patricia. Down Pat means to have something thoroughly mastered, while Pat is a common nickname for Patricia. We also know that Wayne loves a good shit analogy, so we suspect that along with his vodka spritzer, he's downing so much swag that he's literally shitting it out and naming that shit Patricia. Wayne then raps Young Money Militia and I Am the Commissioner. Young Money, of course, refers to the record label Wayne founded himself, making him the Commissioner. Meanwhile, Militia is a nod to the crew Militia Music that included Corey Guns, the rapper featured at the end of Six Foot Seven and whom Wayne had just signed to Young Money in 2010. Wayne continues the military Militia motif with the next line You don't want to start with Wheezy because the F is for finisher. The play here is on start and finish, with finisher alluding to death, like a pro wrestler or video game character's finishing move. Wayne is also evoking one of his many nicknames, Wheezy F. Baby. He first introduced this nickname all the way back in 2004 on the song "The Drought.
2: My name happens to be Wheezy F. Baby. <laughs> Amen. The F is for you to find out,
0: man. Since the song, fans have been trying to figure out what exactly the F stands for, as Wayne seems to change the meaning of the initial every time he mentions it.
2: Weezy F, the F is for fuck with you're going through. I'm Weezy F and the F is for flame, F is for ferocious. Weezy F, baby, and the F is for front, though. Weezy F, baby, the F is for forensics. And the F is for fuck yourself.
0: To date, there are nearly 40 different definitions of what the F stands for, including Six Foot's finisher, which we also recognize could contain the homonym finishia. Perhaps building on the fact that nobody truly knows the actual definition of the F in his name, Wayne says, so misunderstood, but what's the world without enigma? Along with his intentionally ambiguous nicknames, Wayne has long branded himself as both misunderstood and an alien. His most recent album at the time of Six Foot's release was titled I Am Not a Human Being, He also has the word misunderstood tattooed on his face, and the Carter 3 featured a song titled Misunderstood. Next we get the threesome pun, two bitches at the same time synchronized swimmers, which plays off two different definitions of same time, one meaning at once and the other meaning in rhythm or in unison. He continues the sex bars, got the girl twisted cause she open when you twist her. It seems he's toying with the idea of a coke bottle body, a phrase used to describe curvy women. As such, Wayne uses the idea of twisting them open like a soda bottle top, with open being a sexual innuendo. At the same time, he could also be describing a woman who's horny when she's twisted under the influence. Finally, Wayne caps off the sex bars with, Never met the bitch, but I fuck her like I missed her. This plays with a paradox of supposedly never having met this woman, but also having passionate sex with her, as if they were lovers separated for a long time. Wayne, of course, is boasting about his promiscuity, having sex with women he barely knows. But like finisher also sounding like finisher, mister also sounds like her mister. In other words, despite barely knowing her, Wayne's so good in bed that he still knows how to please her like they've been together for years.
2: Never met the bitch, but I fuck her like I missed her. Life is the bitch, and death is her sister. Sleep is the cousin, what a fucking family picture. You know for the time, and we all know Mother Nature. It's all in the family, but I am of no relation. No matter who's buying, I'm a celebration. Black and white diamond.
0: Wayne continues the verse with an extended family analogy, rapping, Life is the bitch and death is her sister, sleep is the cousin, what a fucking family picture. Cleverly, Wayne here links the previous reference to having sex with two women simultaneously to this female personification of mortality. Wayne also seems to be quoting two well-known tracks from Nas's classic album, Illmatic.
2: It drops deep as it does in my breath. I never sleep, huh? sleep is the cousin of death. Beyond the walls of intelligence, life is defined. I think of crime. When I'm in a New York state of, mind. State, of mind. state of mind.
0: From the song NY State of Mind, Nas raps one of the most iconic lines in hip-hop history. I never sleep, cause sleep is the cousin of death. Sleep is the cousin of death is actually a Congolese proverb. The base level play is that sleep is an unconscious-like state that resembles the ultimate unconsciousness of death. But Nas uses the phrase to describe his mentality growing up in New York, where the one-eye-open sense of paranoia is common. In Nas's case, he takes it one step further, claiming to never sleep, using the slang definition of sleep to portray himself as someone who never gets caught being inattentive or negligent in his affairs, as it would leave him vulnerable to harm. The third layer of the line is revealed when we think of the song's title NY State of Mind. As New York's nickname is The City That Never Sleeps. The song that directly follows "N.Y. state of mind on Illmatic is Life's a Bitch, which Wayne also cites.
2: Life's a bitch and then you die. that's why we get high, cause you never know when are gonna go. Life's a bitch and then you die. That's
0: why we puff- This iconic chorus, Life's a Bitch and Then You Die, borrows another classic idiom to relate the inherent suffering of life and the unsympathetic attitude of death. Thus we see how Wayne consolidates both of these classic lines to create an extremely concise portrait life is the bitch and death is her sister, sleep is the cousin, what a fucking family picture. He continues to build on the analogy with, you know father time and we all know mother nature, it's all in the family but I am of no relation. With father time relating to death and mother nature the giver of life, Wayne is once again playing with mortal dualities while also referencing the classic TV sitcom All in the Family. The punchline, but I am no relation, continues the enigma I am not a human being motif, implying that the typical limitations of life and death do not apply to a Martian like Wayne. Returning to the celebratory motif of the opening vodka spritzer line, Wayne continues, no matter who's buying, I'm a celebration, black and white diamonds fuck segregation. The surface play here is that Wayne does not discriminate when it comes to his jewelry, wearing both black and white diamonds simultaneously. He could also be referencing the fact that he's a black man successful enough to purchase such diamonds, a direct protest against the racial limitations segregation symbolizes. To close out the verse, Wayne accelerates into a double time flow, saying, Fuck that shit, my money up, you n-words just honey nut. He continues the wealth boast while referencing the serial honey nut Cheerios to claim that his opposition is sweet, meaning soft or weak. He doubles down rapping, Young money running shit, and you n-words just runner-ups. Once again, he shouts out his record label while playing off a racing motif where his crew wins, making everyone else second place or worse. The final line of the verse is clever in a few ways, as Wayne says, I don't feel I done enough, so I'ma keep on doing this shit, little Tunchy or Young Tuna Fish. While feeling like he's not done and wanting to continue could be a general reference to his rap career, it's also self-referential to this song and verse, as he'll momentarily stop rapping, only to quickly begin another verse after just a two-bar break. He then shouts out one of his more common nicknames, Lil Tunchi." According to Wayne, his grandmother Mercedes Carter used to call him Lil Toon, likely a reference to his musical intuition. Wayne added the Chi at the end, inspired by the name of the designer brand Gucci. He ends by giving himself an alternative nickname, Young Tuna Fish. With tuna being associated with a woman's vagina, Wayne could be boasting he's swimming in pussy. But again, we also have to consider this song was his first since being released from jail. Like tuna fish, Wayne was fresh out the can The closest thing this song has to a chorus is this two-bar break, where the instrumental switches from the banana sample back to the 6-foot seven sample with the bass removed. This brief respite allows us to once again consider what this sample could signify. While we already acknowledge that the Banana Boat's refrain of wanting to go back home makes for a perfect thematic backdrop for Wayne's prison sentence, we can also hear this specific sample, 6 foot, 7 foot, 8 foot, as referencing the dimensions of a jail cell. Specifically, the cells at Rikers Island, where Wayne served his sentence, are 6 feet by 8 feet, two of the three measurements heard in the sample. True to his word about not feeling like he's done enough, Wayne jumps back into the beat like a fish thrown back into water delivering a verse that's over double the length of the first. We'll dissect that verse in its entirety right after the break.
1: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com ssian.com at Lassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, Get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details.
0: This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's
1: presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom.
0: Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast to breakfast.
2: Going back in. Okay, I lost my mind. It's somewhere out there stranded. I think you staying under me if you don't understand me. Had my heart broken by this woman named Tammy. But hoes gon' be hoes, so I couldn't blame Tammy. Just talk to moms, told her she the sweetest. I beat the beat up, call it self deepest. Swammer, I'll be seeing through these niggas like sequins. Niggas think they are me. Pow pow the end talking to
0: my- Wayne begins the second verse. I lost my mind. It's somewhere out there, stranded. One of his hallmarks, Wayne takes a figure of speech literally, creating the image of his mind lost in space or stranded in a desert. It's also possible he's referring to his jail sentence, as Rikers Island is literally a 413-acre island, where Wayne lost his mind while serving his time. He continues, I think you stand under me if you don't understand me. Seeing as he previously said he's so misunderstood, it would seem Wayne is standing over most of us layman earthlings. The next couplet is paradoxically clever as he raps had my heart broken by this woman named tammy but ho's gonna be ho's so i couldn't blame tammy wayne understands well his reputation for clever punchlines so when he describes being hurt by this woman tammy he knows we're expecting this to be a setup for a witty insult but instead he simply rhymes tammy with tammy which given our expectations is just as surprising as a clever rhyme the woman referenced here seems to be wayne's ex tammy torres who allegedly cheated on him with drake who was signed with wayne's label Allegedly, Drake told Wayne about the affair when Drake went to visit him at Rikers Island. On the song How to Hate from Carter IV, Wayne also seemed to address the situation. Wayne continues six foot seven foot juxtaposing the backstabbing Tammy with the most loyal woman in his life, rapping. Just talked to moms, told her she the sweetest. Wayne has long been vocal about his relationship with his mother, Jadaka Carter, who raised Wayne alone after his dad left the family when he was two. While serving his jail sentence, Wayne penned a public letter to his mom for Mother's Day, which was published on his website. He wrote, quote, The love between a mother and her offspring is hands down the most beautiful thing God created. And he goes on to tell her, quote, You are my heart and you are my soul. Please don't ever forget that. We've been through everything one could possibly imagine together. With each obstacle that has come our way, you have handled it with the grace and dignity I can only hope to mimic. When Wayne was released from prison, his mother was waiting for him in the car that picked him up. So it's possible that the line, I just talked to mom, told her she the sweetest, is specifically referencing that interaction. He doesn't stay sentimental for long, as he continues rapping, I beat the beat up, call it self-defense. Swear man, I've been seeing through these n-words like sequence. N-words think they he man, pow pow the end. At this point, we have to acknowledge Wayne's talent at forcing words to rhyme by bending their pronunciation. In this four-bar run, he rhymes sweetest, defense, sequence, and the end, all words that aren't obvious rhymes when said casually. But Wayne recognized that each of these words contain the long E sound, which he exaggerates and stretches to the point that we register it as a natural rhyme. The repetitive wordplay beat the beat up is likely toying with the idea of his rapid-fire punchlines. He then plays on the translucence of sequin ornaments to say that he sees through fake tough rivals that think they're as strong as the superhero character He-Man. Wayne then uses the onomatopoeia POW, a nod to comic book sound effects, to illustrate the one-two punch that he uses to easily take them down. This also works as a callback to his claim that he beats the beat up, as we now hear him literally mimicking a punching sound over the beat.
2: The Talking to myself because I am my own consultant. Married to the money, fuck the world. That's adultery. You full of shit. You close your mouth and let your ass talk. Young money eating. All you haters do is ass talk. Stop playing, bitch. I got this game on deadbolt. Mind so sharp I fuck around and cut my head off. Real nigga all day and tomorrow, but these motherfuckers talking crazy like they jaw broke. Glass half empty, half full. I'll spill ya. Try me and run into a wall. Outfielder. You know I'm turn the field The fruits of my labor, I enjoy still right. stop I do it like a king
0: these Wayne begins a new rhyme scheme rapping, talking to myself because I am my own consultant. With a consultant being a hired expert to give professional advice, the play here is that Wayne is the rap expert, and so he only consults himself. Talking to oneself is also associated with being crazy, which continues the misunderstood alien motif. It's also something you do in solitude, once again alluding to his prison sentence. He continues, married to the money, fuck the world. On their own, these are common phrases used to describe one's focus on getting money and ignoring everything else in the world. But again, Wayne takes these idioms literally, surprising us with the punchline, that's adultery, meaning that if he's literally married to the money, then technically fucking the world is considered adultery. Next, Wayne raps, you full of shit, you close your mouth and let your ass talk. Both talking out of your ass and being full of shit are used to refer to someone talking nonsense or espousing falsehoods. Again, Wayne takes these sayings literally to create a grotesque image of someone literally shitting themselves. This makes for a somewhat awkward transition into the line, Young money eaten, all you haters do is add salt. The play here is on his haters being salty or resentful, as Wayne compares his full meal to his haters' measly seasoning. And if Wayne's crew is eating, then all the hate does is add a little flavor to their already delicious four-course meal. The next line, stop playing bitch, I got this game on deadbolt, is a riff off the phrase got the game on lock, which means to have it 100% controlled in your favor. Referring to the rap game, Wayne substitutes lock for a specific type, a deadbolt, and tells his haters to quit playing, a double entendre meaning to quit playing the game and to stop lying, a callback to the full of shit bar. Wayne then takes another idiom literally, saying, mine's so sharp I fuck around and cut my head off. Having a sharp mind means that you're quick to notice, hear, understand, or react to things, calling back to Wayne being his own consultant. He then says, real N word all day and tomorrow, but these motherfuckers talking crazy like their jaw broke. Along with the wordplay that someone with a broken jaw would be slurring their words like a crazy person, this line references the famous Kevin Hart bit about overzealous claims of realness.
2: Yeah, real niggas, all day, just me, by myself, on the block, holding it down. Gun in my waist, straight face, all day, not a game, in jail, by myself. One bed, no pillowcase, one pillow. Didn't nobody write me. It was early. Woke up, went back to sleep, took a nap. You have to go night, night, nigga? You have to go night, night, nigga?
0: Wayne continues rapping, glass half empty, half full, I'll spill ya. The classic question of seeing a glass half full or empty is used to determine whether you're an optimist or a pessimist. But a sharp-minded Martian like Wayne cannot be defined by such basic questions, and he proves it by providing an alternate answer, I'll spill ya. This is perhaps a threat meaning to spill one's blood and internal organs after a shooting. In this way, Wayne is neither optimist nor pessimist. He's a masochist. The threats continue, try me and run into a wall. This plays off the idiom like running into a brick wall, used to describe facing an insurmountable obstacle or dead end. But Wayne puts a twist on it by adding outfielder, referring to baseball outfielders who literally run into the barricade wall when trying to catch a home run ball. So not only is Wayne the insurmountable object in this analogy, he's also the batter hitting home runs. He extends the metaphor, you know I'm a ball till they turn off the field lights. Usually, balling refers to both excelling in basketball and to one's wealth. But field lights are used on baseball fields, not basketball courts. So once again, Wayne tweaks the standard definition of a word with clever context. The sports analogy continues Bitch, stop playing, I do it like a king do. It appears he's riffing on Nike's slogan, Just Do It, perhaps comparing himself to Nike athlete LeBron James, whose nickname is King James. In this context, stop playing is a command to his competition to end their attempts to win, as Wayne is ruling the court like King James. But there's also the possibility that Wayne is referencing It, the horror novel and movie about an evil clown named Pennywise that preys on children. The original novel was written by Stephen King. Thus, stop playing, do it like a king do, could be Wayne comparing himself to Pennywise, killing his competition. In this reading, stop playing is a twist on what children do play. The next bar, if these n words animals, then I'ma have a mink soon, adds a potential third layer to the king line. The surface play is that Wayne is out here killing the competition, which he compares to slaughtering animals and wearing their fur as a coat. But notice how I do it like a king do plays off the idea of animal kingdom with king do being the first six letters of the seven-letter word kingdom. Bitch, stop
2: playing. I do it like a king do. If these niggas animals, then I'ma have a mink soon. Tell them bitches, I say, put my name on the wall. I speak the truth, but I guess that's a foreign language to y'all. And I call it like I see it, and my glasses on. But most of y'all don't get the picture unless the flash is on. Satisfied with nothing. You don't know the half of it. Young money, cash money. Pitch. Uh,
0: Wayne continues his extended verse, tell him bitches I say put my name on the wall. Typically, one's name would be inscribed or painted on a wall in memoriam, so the boast appears to be that he's legendary or timeless. Next, we get the line, I speak the truth, but I guess that's a foreign language to y'all. This again hits the motif of being misunderstood. Wayne's truth or wisdom is observational, as he continues, and I call it like I see it. He then pauses briefly, as if looking around, and then finishes the line, and my glasses on, The initial play here is on his clarity of vision, which his eyeglasses provide him, but he quickly flips this basic interpretation with the next line, but most of y'all don't get the picture unless the flash is on. The claim is that layman's don't see the truth or picture unless it's made obvious, signified by the bright flash that illuminates otherwise dark areas in a photo. But this also changes the eyeglasses of the previous bar to sunglasses, meaning that he can see the truth or picture even behind the darkness of his shades while the rest of us need a flash. He continues, satisfied with nothing, you don't know the half of it. This is a play on the phrase, never satisfied, with Wayne paradoxically saying that we don't know the half of nothing, meaning we know less than nothing, continuing the motif of the ignorance of others. Wayne's next line is a bit strange at first, as he simply says, young money, cash money, and then he goes silent for the second half of the bar. But if we think of the previous line, you don't know the half of it, we realize that Wayne just wrapped half a bar, and we don't know the second half. We literally only know the half of it.
2: With nothing. You don't know the half of it, young money, cash money. Uh, paper chase, tell that paper, look, I'm right behind you. Bitch, real G's moving silence like lasagna. People say I'm bored online, crazy, sort of kind of. Woman of my dreams, I don't sleep, so I can't find her. You niggas are gelatin, peanuts to an elephant. I got through that sentence like a subject and a predicate swag you would kill for money too strong pockets on body in a wishing well now wish me well tell him kiss my ass call it
0: Wayne's wittiness continues paper chasing tell that paper look I'm right behind you paper chasing is a phrase used to describe someone hustling or pursuing money again Wayne takes the phrase literally as he's such a skilled hustler that he's able to sneak up behind the paper without it knowing as if he's going to rob it This leads us to one of the most memorable lines in hip-hop history. Bitch, real Gs move in silence like lasagna. The concept of Gs or gangsters operating in silence dates back to the old Italian mafia saying known as omerta, which means good is he who sees and is silent. This code of silence was the mafia's operational ethos. Make moves discreetly and never talk to the police. The idea eventually found its way into hip-hop culture to describe the way real Gs or gangsters operate in the streets.
2: We gotta put our heads together and stop the violence Cause real bad boys move in silence Yo, number two, never let them know your next move Don't you know bad boys move in silence and violence With that shit on my brain, I resort to violence My niggas move in silence, like you don't know what I'm stylish. You ain't talking about my niggas, then what you talking about? Gangsters move in silence, nigga, and I don't talk
0: of course, Wayne adds his clever spin on this classic hip-hop trope by comparing the silence of Gs to the silent G in the word lasagna. With the code of silence being associated with the Italian mafia, Wayne seems to have purposely chosen an Italian dish for a simile since six foots release this line has been quoted by a handful of rappers with some inspired to find a different word with a silent G real
2: Gs silence like G7 now.
0: Wayne continues his sixfoot verse with another misunderstood bar rapping people say I'm borderline crazy sorta kinda. Borderline here has two different meanings. First, it's alluding to borderline personality disorder, a mental illness that severely impacts a person's ability to regulate their emotions. Second, it's used to mean that Wayne is close to crazy, but perhaps not quite. He then cleverly uses two words that also describe this indeterminate quality, sorta and kinda, which within this playful analogy might be the kind of babbling speech a cliche quote-unquote crazy person might use. Another thing a crazy person might do is not sleep. Tying into the next line, woman of my dreams, I don't sleep so I can't find her. Again, Wayne takes a figure of speech literally, playing with the idea that he's so focused on his grind that he doesn't sleep, and therefore has no opportunity to find his ideal or dream woman. He continues, you n-words are gelatin, peanuts to an elephant. Gelatin is an ingredient present in things like gummy candy, marshmallows, and perhaps most famously, jello. Wayne uses gelatin to call his opposition soft or unthreatening, And just like peanuts pale in size to elephants and are eaten by them, Wayne is claiming his haters are nothing more than a snack. Next we get the memorable line, I got through that sentence like a subject and a predicate. The play here is on the grammatical structure of a sentence, which contains a subject, the noun, and a predicate, the grammatical term that includes all the words in a sentence except for the subject. But Wayne is also referring to his prison sentence, which he got through in the same way as he writes his sentences or lyrics, with ease. The kicker here is that predicate also refers to a predicate felon, which in the state of New York is the name for a previously convicted felon being convicted for a second felony offense. Note that this terminology is specific to New York, the very state in which Wayne was convicted of his felony, making him a predicate felon if he ever gets in trouble with the law there again. He continues, yeah, with a swag you would kill for, money too strong, pockets on bodybuilder. As we near the end of Wayne's verse, he appropriately calls back to the beginning of the song where we heard the bar swagger down pat. We also recognize the quick internal rhymes of too strong and pockets on, while bodybuilder is bent to sound like bill door to force the rhyme with kill for. Finally, Wayne closes out his verse rapping, jumped in a wishing well, now wish me well. Tell him kiss my ass, call it kiss and tell. As his final lines, Wayne jumping off something and becoming out of sight makes for a classic parting image. Traditionally, one throws coins into a wishing well, so it stands to reason that the bottom of the well would be filled with money. Being the borderline crazy paper chaser that he is, Wayne jumps into the well to pursue this money, tying into his previous bars about his hustling spirit, work ethic, and deep pockets. The final bar cleverly fuses two figures of speech, Kiss My Ass and Kiss and Tell, to create something akin to a chiasmus, which is a rhetorical device in which two or more clauses are balanced against each other by the reversal of their structures. For example, you can find chiastic structure in the saying, NEVER LET A FOOL KISS YOU OR A KISS FOOL YOU Notice how KISS FOOL YOU is a mirror or reversal of FOOL KISS YOU. Likewise, in Wayne's Bar we observe how both TELL HIM KISS MY ASS and CALL IT KISS AND TELL are not only 5 words each, but also 5 syllables, creating perfect symmetry. We also notice how TELL is both the first and last word of the bar, while KISS is the third word in phrase 1 and the third word in phrase 2. This also works in reverse, as kiss would still be the third word in each phrase if read backwards. As far as the meaning of the bar, Wayne playfully tells his haters to kiss his ass. He then flips the phrase kiss and tell, which typically means revealing your private relations with someone, to play on the fact that he told his haters to kiss his ass. And if that weren't enough wordplay for one bar, he caps off the verse with a homophone, as kiss and tell can also be heard kissing tail, with tail being another word for ass. Lil Wayne's Six Foot Seven is a virtuosic display of lyricism from a rapper summoning the peak of his powers. As the first song released after his prison sentence, Wayne made clear he wasn't interested in detailing his time at Rikers Island. Rather, he was more concerned with reaffirming his place at the top of hip-hop's hierarchy, rapping ferociously as if making up for lost time. Like a before it, Six Foot Seven Foot accomplished the extremely rare feat of a hit single without a hook. Instead, the track shines in its lyrical density. Wayne raps a total of 56 bars, and of those 56 bars, 53 contain a punchline or an entendre, an incredible feat of lyrical concentration, wit, and creative stamina. Where most rappers take at least a bar to set up a punchline in the following bar, Wayne rarely wastes a word, let alone a line, compacting his setups and punches into a single bar before doing it all over again in the next one. But the thing is, despite the difficulty of this level of lyrical potency, Wayne's punches rarely feel contrived. When at his best, there's a unique fluidity to his pen that's only enhanced by his charismatic, effortless delivery, like a practiced jazz soloist blowing out virtuosic runs with improbable ease. It's for this reason that Wayne has solidified himself as one of the best to ever do it. Indeed, while 2010 in many ways signaled the beginning of the end as his reign as best rapper alive, when it comes to the conversation of the greatest rappers of all time, Lil Wayne's historic run in the mid to late 2000s has forever solidified his seat at the table. Today's episode of Dissect was written and produced by me. Additional analysis by Justin Sales. Audio editing by Kevin Pooler. Theme music by Bureaucratic. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell a friend about the show or share on social media and tag at Dissect Podcast. If you're new to the show, check out our back catalog of seasons covering full albums by Kendrick Lamar, Beyonce, Kanye West, Frank Ocean, Tyler the Creator, Mac Miller, Childish Gambino, and many more. Just scroll down our feed and find your favorite. All right, thanks everyone. Talk to you next week.